Welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. This podcast is a safe space designed to inspire and empower women of color to take personal responsibility in their health and mental wellness. So ladies, sit back and enjoy. This is our space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soul by the Pound podcast. Now, I mentioned to you all that this is officially, we've made October officially all in your business month, so we can definitely support and love on those um, who are bringing awareness to breast cancer, domestic violence, as well as menopause. And so today we have a special guest on the line. Welcome, Frankie Parker. Well, hello. What's up, China? Hey, soul by the pound. Hey, we are so happy to have you on the show today to share your story, to share what you've been working on, and really just provide some inspiration to our listeners because your journey has been magical. So before Aww. I yeah, so before I dive into the information, um, or our questions, I should say, my favorite part of the show, which I always say, is reading the bio because I just get to brag on Black women. So <laughs> word, I'm down with it. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. So soul stern, soul unconventional, and powerful is the perfect description of singer, songwriter, and band leader Frankie Parker. Frankie is one of the most sought-after artists in Chicagoland. She's an artist who lives to set up a stage of fire with her in-your-face approach and her vocal uniqueness. Parker began singing at the tender age of five and later studied vocal performances here at Columbia College in Chicago. Frankie has raised such venues as the House of Blues, the Grand Ole Opry, and the United Center. In 2014, Frankie released her freshman project called Breezy, which had her single Hot Pot of Grits, which is one of my favorites. And, <laughs> uh, and she was featured in the soundtrack for independently released films, the film Friends, Family, and Lovers. For the past seven years, Frankie, alongside her band, The Gentlemen, have maintained a monthly residency at The Bassment, a top live performance venue here in Chicago's West Loop. Parker is currently working on her sophomore project, Breathe Frankie Parker, and intends to use her work to shine light on breast cancer awareness, as she's not only an advocate, but a warrior herself. Okay, okay, okay. Let us get into this questions, because I feel like you have so much to share with our listeners, and I really want to start off with, like, tell us your journey. How did you find out that you have breast cancer? Well, in January of 2021, my sister and her husband purchased their first home. Okay. Of course, I was helping to move them out of their old place and into the new home. While moving them out, I pushed a dresser and I bumped my breast against the dresser. Mm -hmm. The bump left a mark on my left breast and that mark turned into a knot. Mm. And the knot never went away. So mm. about April, um, I had a I had a, a gynecology appointment, okay. and uh, was there for my annual pap smear. And I mentioned to the doctor that I had this bump on my breast. She told me to wait a month to see if it would go away. 
a month passed. I mean, exactly to the month. Uh, I'm very anal. So I watched the clock daily. <laughs> right. So the next month, I went back to the doctor to report that the bump had never went away. And she scheduled me for a mammogram. Mm. So went to the doctor to do the mammogram and they show concern. So then I had to have a biopsy. This is all happening in like a matter of like three weeks after the mammogram. Wow. On June 16, 2021, um, leaving out of Burr Oak Cemetery, burying my great grandmother. I received a call from Advocate um, Hospital in the South Suburbs to report that I was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. So that was June. So September, I started treatment, um, chemotherapy treatment uh, that lasted for a year. Okay. Um, In between... Um, that chemo session, that chemo schedule, I had a double mastectomy by choice and, um, radiation. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Just, it's a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this year I received my, um, reconstruction surgery. So now I've had Um, both breasts rebuilt um, and I had what they call a flap surgery. So, or the deep DIEP where they take uh, fat deposits that are already on your body and build the breast. So they happen to take my tummy, my lower Mm -hmm. part of my tummy and they built my breast with that. So I just had that in August. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, so for transparency for some of our listeners, I'm familiar with this story and I'm literally getting chills thinking about it again because I think for one, when you put a date on it and all of the things you went through, it's literally like giving me chills right now because just one movement, like just moving some furniture and some pain, like literally led to all of this. Like if I could just imagine if one, if it didn't happen, if you didn't go get tested or two, like if you didn't advocate for yourself and like, hey, doctor, I'm coming back in exactly when we said it, like it it could have anything could have happened after that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I was 38. And by regulation of uh, health insurance companies, uh, they don't necessarily pay for mammograms until the age of 40, unless there is some some sort of concern detected. So. I was 38. Had I waited two years, I may not be here. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I was stage two T2, her two positive. So I was already at stage two. Um, that's why I tell women all the time, be very persistent. Do mm-hmm. not let up, especially as a black woman where they hardly want to hear us complain. They, they don't take our concerns seriously. Uh, and if and if you're in a space like that, then you need to relocate immediately, mm-hmm. find somewhere else to go so that you are um, being paid attention to and not dismissed. And even in that month, I felt a little dismissed, you know, from April to May. But at that point, I had waited since January. Wow. The other piece of it for me is I've been a klutz all my life. <laughs> I have been clumsy all my life. I was so grateful for being clumsy in January because I had no pain, no symptoms. I wasn't leaking from the nipples like some people do. I just had that one little bump. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. I had no pain, no nothing. So I could have been just going on with life and Mm -hmm. And not known. And not known. And I would have wound up in stage four like that, you know. Yeah. So I'm just grateful that I detected it early. I saw it. I felt it. You know, self-examination is important. But the bigger piece for me is the self-advocacy piece. I I agree. I I don't know about you, but whenever I'm in the hospital and they ask, like, what is your pain on a scale of one to whatever, I never, I literally freak out every time they ask that question because I automatically, I don't know if you saw, it was a study a couple years back where they said, like, um, if a black woman says on a scale of one to 10 and she's like a nine, then really scale it back to like a seven because she might just want pain medicine or they are like very emotional and expressive. So every time mm-hmm. I hear that question, it drives me berserk, Frankie. Like it drives me berserk because I'm just like, how do we really advocate how we're feeling and translate this to someone who might dismiss it? And that's what you say. You say you felt dismissed. Mm-hmm. For that first for that first month, yeah, I did, and and honestly, I've been there too with that. Um, and I just I give them what you I give them a show. If you really think that I'm psychotic, I'm just gonna give you what you think anyway. I'll turn into a whole psycho. Now I'm the best patient. I know I'm about to contradict myself, but I, I'm also too the best patient in the world. Like I'm gonna crack jokes. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna, you know, make the make the nurses feel good because they come across jerks all the time. Mm-hmm. But if I'm telling you that I'm in pain, I'm gonna show you that I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. You're gonna know. You're gonna be in pain too because after you see me crack jokes and laugh, and you see that I'm a pleasant person, and I f- flip mode on you like Buster Rhymes, okay? Then you'll realize that <laughs> maybe she really is in pain because she yeah. was awfully nice when she walked in the door. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'll play the system, not a problem, as long as they give me what I want. I know that's right. I have a question: When you had that little knot, did you feel pain from it, or did you just like? It's still here. I need to get this addressed. It was still there. I needed to get it addressed. I did not feel any pain. Wow. No pain. And I'm active. You know, I'm in the gym a lot. You know, I'm a performer. So I don't really, you know, I'm not stagnant and at home and still, you know, and a lot of times when you're not exercising and you're you're not used to activity, your body will probably push out more pain than normal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, No. I had no signs at all. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. What yep. would you say to those, and, and this is a twofold question, what would you say to those who are battling breast cancer? And, and also, those who also, what would you say to those who are supporting those around you, like supporting a, someone that is going through breast cancer? Because I can imagine it's a change of life for not just you, but those, the loved ones around you. Well, I would say if you're battling cancer or breast cancer, any type of cancer, but in particular because of breast cancer awareness, we're, you know, that's the focal point. If you are battling it, be prepared to to be in the unknown. Mm. There are there's no way to predict anything. There's no way to determine how you're going to feel. Um, so just be prepared for the unknown. Um, be OK with saying I'm tired be okay with accepting help. I'm the, 
I'm the oldest grandchild. I'm the oldest child my parents have. I'm, I take care of everybody. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I take care of the band. I take care of friends. You know, I'm the friend that everybody calls that with and lays all their problems on me, even when I don't want to hear it, you know, so um, learn to accept help and, and be on the other end of that. Um, mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for time. Um, mm-hmm. Pace yourself in how you take in information. Mm. Um, expand on that like how you take information like are you mean from like the doctors or from the doctors people? like you're not supposed I mean they're gonna the you know if you if you encounter this experience they're going to throw all kinds of information at you and have you making all of these decisions and you're gonna have appointment after appointment after appointment um, pace yourself and if they say what they want you to do an appointment within a week well, wait until that seventh day to have that appointment if you need to. Yeah. You know, give yourself space and time. You Unless it's like, you know, crunch time where, you know, you have stage four or stage five or, or, it's, or it's progressive. You know, if they're telling you that, then that's different. But if you're if they're giving you some time to kind of think about things, don't be afraid to think about things, to have the second opinion, to. um to also have a moment to feel your gut because everything kind of shuts down for me. I, I became kind of numb. So I wanted to be able to get back in touch with me, you yeah. know, so the meditating and the praying and, you know, you know, increasing my level of spirituality that helped me to make better decisions, you know? I so like give that. yourself that time as far as support from the family. Also allow the person to have time. You know, mm-hmm. allow them to to be at peace, to give them the, to have their own self-care moments um, and understand that there may be some weird requests, but <laughs> yeah. let the request be accepted and don't question too much. You know, let them tell you in the way that they need to tell you what's going on. We get concerned and we get worried and we want to know everything. I used to have to tell my mother don't call me as soon as I come out of the doctor's office. Let me have a moment to digest what I've heard and I will call you and let you know what's happening. You know, like give mm-hmm. people that space. Um, don't always take everything so personal. Some people are raging uh, and angry because of what's happened, not knowing why they were selected for this, not knowing why, how they're going to make it or how. So it becomes frustrating. I wasn't as frustrated, I don't think, as I've witnessed with other people or I've heard from other people, some of my survivor girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of always knew that I was going to beat it. I don't know how else to describe it other than I never had to worry about it. It was like, OK, this is what we got to do. All right, let's just man up and do it. Let's woman up and do this thing, you know. Yeah. Um, Even right now, your voice is like. Consider all you just went through. Even right now, you like, yeah, killed it. Like, done. It's done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then here's the other piece, purpose. As long as you know that you have purpose on this planet, you're going to be here. Mm-hmm. It's when you run out of purpose, when you decide that you have nothing else to give to people on this earth, to human, to humankind, no contributions to society. I have a lot to do, mm-hmm. you know, other than raising my son. You know, my story is great. My story is one of triumph and I'm a performer that reaches masses regularly. So I was left on this earth to be a testimony and knowing that I have nothing but confidence and nothing but uh, fearlessness. 
Um, and if you can beat cancer and you can beat chemicals being pumped into your body and radio, uh, uh, not radio waves, but uh yeah, radioactivity hitting your skin and you can lose your hair, your t- your toenails, your fingernails, your boobs, all of those things, then it's a lot of other stuff that you can definitely conquer. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm glad you touched on too also, I laughed when you said like weird requests or whatever it is because I do think as a loved one who is trying to be supportive to someone that's going to, going through breast cancer, you do want to figure out everything because it is so unknown. Like it is, it is so unknown. Every situation is so unique. You don't really know how to be supportive sometimes of people or sometimes support might look like smothering. You don't like, so I'm glad that you said like whatever the request may be, just be supportive of that. And I'm so happy you touched on that. Yeah, just be supportive. It's certain things like, for instance, with chemo, um, you know, the chemotherapy, they, they give you medication that kills all your cells. That includes the cells in your mouth. So when you taste food, it, it sometimes it doesn't have any taste. Wow. So um, in many cases I've heard, I didn't do this because I'm not a fan of this food, but I've heard cases of women asking for lemon heads because it's so sour. Oh. It's such a strong flavor. Yeah. <laughs> it would be something that they would want to taste. You know, um, I went, I hate salt. I hate spicy food. I can't tell you how much spicy food I ate during chemo. Because I just wanted to be able to taste something. Mm-hmm. So I, my father, my father's the cook of the family. So he would always ask, well, what you want for dinner today? And I'd be like, I don't know, but put some spice in it. You don't <laughs> even eat spicy food. Well, today I do. You know, give me a plastic fork, not a, not a metallic fork. Because a metallic fork, you could taste the metal. Metal. I didn't even think about that. So I would eat everything with plastic utensils. Little things like that, you know, sunscreen in the middle of the winter. They tell you to wear sunscreen in the middle of the winter because you're killing off the, the cells that protect your skin, that protect the, the, the outermost part of your skin. So I'm walking around with sunscreen on my face because it's a sunny day. Well, I'm more susceptible to skin cancer because I'm in chemo right now. So you might hear a lot of weird things. Yeah. But it's a reason behind that. And sometimes it's not always good to ask, but why? Because I don't want to have to repeat or have to explain. Over and over again. To people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, learning something. There. I love this. I love <laughs> learning stuff every day. Um, what was So the next question I do have for you is, what is one thing you wish you knew sooner in regards to your journey? I wish I knew sooner that cancer cells love sugar. Oh, okay. So I said, I'm a chocolate girl. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Today, I'm in remission now, so I periodically have me some chocolate. Today, I had a piece of chocolate. But um, for the most part, I try to stay away from the sugar. So they're drinking. Um, uh chocolates, anything with sugar in it, you know, that's a big no-no. So we, in the black community, you hear, oh, don't, don't take the sugar because um, sugar is a big concern for diabetes Mm -hmm. or, you know, you, or, you know, don't eat too much salt because salt is high blood pressure, you know, you know, they tie the stuff in that 
that that's most common in our culture to talk about diabetes, hypertension, high blood, I mean, uh, uh, heart disease, mm-hmm. those type of things. But we don't talk about cancer and how that comes about. So that was the first thing, um, the sugar piece of it. Because I was a I was a chocolate girl. I mean, anything that looked like me, I was eating. Okay. <laughs> so, you know that, and then the stress factor. There are studies that show that high amounts of stress can lead to cancer. And that's because um, in my case, I have a cancer, uh, the type of cancer that the cells grow off of estrogen. So the more estrogen is being pumped into my body, the more of a chance I have for a cancer cell to grow because they have estrogen receptors. So right now I'm being put on medication to to stop the estrogen. So I'm currently in menopause. Um, But had I known that stress was a big, big factor, because what happens when you stress? Your hormones are out of whack. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. go up and down, up and down, up and down. So had I known that, then I probably would have been more conscious, conscious of sleeping and not allowing crazy things to get on my nerves or the smallest things to drive me crazy. You know, finding ways to balance myself so that I don't mentally, emotionally stress myself out. Right. You know, I'm so happy that like this, just a side note, I'm so happy that this soft life is coming in. I'm so happy that black women, like you touched on meditation, you touched on prayer. I'm so happy that we collectively black women are like leaning more towards a relaxed lifestyle because Stress is like dropping a cape. You know, I talk about this a lot on the podcast because literally stress is killing us. And not mm-hmm. just, we think about, like you said, we think about heart disease or we think about diabetes. And to some people, it kind of just seems like a rite of passage to just, you know, well, my grandma had this and my auntie had this. So, you know, I've got it too. I'm on this. Med-. Like it literally seems like a rite of passage when it actually stress is literally killing us. And it is about breast cancer too. And I've never made that correlation before. So I'm really happy that you touched on that. And we have to, you know, we have to come out of, you know, um, Western civilization, oppressive activity where we've been told that because we're black women, we're the head of the house and you supposed mm-hmm. to be strong and you supposed to be carrying big babies and you supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, these are the things that we've been told due to oppression, slavery. These are all like little morsels of enslavement that have carried on throughout generations. So yes, it's important that we, you know, kind of come to the contemporary state of mind or state Mm -hmm. of being Mm -hmm. and apply some of these new ways of thinking to our daily lives so that we can have longevity so that we don't pass on bad habits generationally. Absolutely. We talk a lot about Mm -hmm. that too on the podcast, generational health. Like everybody talks Mm -hmm. about generational wealth. We all out here trying to get in the team, no sleep, grind, blah, blah, blah. No, let's pass on generational health where we are getting rid of that. And I'm so happy you touched on that because that way of thinking, that way of living is just, it's not it no more. It's not. No, it's not. It's not the vibe at all. I had a friend call me, tell me this week, she was like, and no shade takers. I love her to death. But she told me, she was like, you're so resilient. And I said, I don't want to be resilient. I want to yeah. be dainty. I want to be like soft. Like I want to be like fragile because 
being resilient is not like who wants to just survive you know like I, right. I don't want any of that no more I don't want to carry any of that yeah oh my gosh so how are you feeling now with your journey and and what how are you using this because you obviously and we're going to touch on your new project in a moment but like how do you feel now and what do you say to those who might just really be experiencing now what does it feel like on the other end um the other end the other side for me has been um, revitalizing, um, freeing, um, liberating, uh, invigorating in some way, in some cases, uh, I have retracted to childhood at points (laughs) where I just want to be a new kid, you know, and, you know, a fresh kid, you know, um, I don't have as many fears as I did prior to this, I mean, fear of living, fear of striving for what I, for what I want. Uh, I feel more conscious of my health mm-hmm. and my eating habits and my exercising. I mean, now I'm in, you know, currently on medical leave from my nine to five, uh, my, my nine to five, not the career, cause that's a different thing, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm walking at least three miles a day. Um, next week I'll be on my bike cause I'll be at the eight point eight week point. They don't want me to ride my bike, uh, until eight weeks after the surgery. So next week is my eight week point. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I'm here I, and I'm on a mission and mm-hmm. I am practically unstoppable. I have come to the conclusion that I am a superhero yes, and <laughs> I, I wore a cape to chemo every session. I wore my wonder woman cape every session. Never, mm-hmm. never left home without it to the point where my mom would be like, you about to leave your cape, you know, <laughs> and, and I would literally come back, get my cape and take it downstairs because that's the spirit that I carry of a superhero. I am unstoppable, you know, so that's where I'm at now. Now, tell us, leading into like some of these new projects that you're working on definitely aligned I know you touched on it in your bio and it definitely aligns with where you are now tell us about the new music so um currently well during chemo and radiation I was uh working on um I was really I was in the studio I won't even say I was working on the EP at that point I literally was in the studio um trying to remain sane because um, if I'm not addicted to anything, I'm for sure addicted to that stage. I love being on the stage. So for me not being able to perform, it was depressing. It was frustrating. It was like, God, why are you doing this? But now I know the answer because had I not stopped, I would not have been able to create the EP that I finished. And the EP is called Breathe Frankie Parker. Um, and the single off the EP is called Breathe Um and it initially started out as a single for this project that I'm working on called the um, Let Music Unite Us song series, um, which is a part of the Rhythms Project. Um, my partner in crime, Nick Indigo Davis, is uh, the proprietor, main hit, main producer, main sound engineer, and in some cases, co-writer um, for this particular project. And this project is... is has been created to um, generate funds for the youth um, and teaching them how to record and songwrite. So we had already been doing that part. So we we bring kids into the studio. They tell us what they like to hear. 
we go back and write a song. They give me the song to record as like a, a track for them, you know, for them to practice off of. Then they come in and record it. And then I come in and vocal produce the project, the song for them that to kind of so teach cool. them how to sing. <laughs> so I've been doing this for years. And um, so with the with this, with Breathe, the single, um, that's supposed to be a part of the Let Music Unite a song series. Okay. So um, it started out as a fundraising piece. And I was like, bro, um, yeah, so I wrote this. So like, I should have some deter- I should have some determining power as to how this comes out. Can this go on my single too? I mean, on my project too. So um, not only is it on my project, Bree Frankie Parker, but it will be on the Let Music Unite a Song series. Oh, nice. So and there's information about um, donating if people are interested. Um, the Rhythms Project dot org. Um, and you can go and donate to this program. And, and it's just to keep the kids off the streets and also encourage them to do um, music in a positive way uh, without the stigmas of what they what you know, what you see on television that you're in this smoke filled room and, hello, hello. you know, and sex pots everywhere. It's not like that with all of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um that that's that's been some that's been a baby of his for a while and now it's a baby of mine too and we spent a lot of time in the studio together picking on each other arguing debating over one line but making sure that the kids projects are perfect so mm-hmm. um nick is a good friend he's a good brother to me and he was like girl yeah you can have this song for your single so that's what I did I, i'm adding it to my single but first it's gonna we're gonna do the fundraising for that um and so far the, the the music has been pretty interesting it's a it's a multi-genre style project so it won't be all pop all hip-hop all r&b it'll be different all neil so it won't do that we're not going to do that this time it's going to be all over the place oh my gosh I so love it. i love mm-hmm. it. to do this after all you've been through and like literally you still fresh after surgery to still like have this blessing to push this music and to inspire these kids is a, is a beautiful thing. I appreciate that. Purpose. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the next thing, my other favorite part of the show, um, is the Soul Star tip. So after every episode, we always have our guests. Well, and not after every, at the end of every episode, we always have our guests Give a soul star tip. And this is something that our listeners can put into motion immediately after listening to this uh, interview. So what would you suggest will be our soul star tip of this episode? I'm cheating right now. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to tell you what's on my mirror. I have a message mirror in my room. Okay. So my tip would be to determine what do you want really? Not what do you really want? Oh. What do you want really? Not what do you really want? Mm. So right. Looking at the bigger picture. Looking at the bigger picture. Because most of the times what we really want is not what we want really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a man. I want him to be six foot tall, six feet tall, chocolate, rich. (laughs) But what you want really is true love. And Mm -hmm. it may not come in that package. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So what do you really, what do you want really? I'm sorry. What do you want really? Not what do you really want? Because sometimes what we really want is not what we want really. That's like a real call to action you just gave. Because it takes a real sense of vulnerability and really being honest with yourself to really decide what do you really want. And I think that's an excellent exercise. (laughs) Yeah. What do you want really? Not what do you really want? This was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my cheat. That was my cheat. I had already written it on the walls. <laughs> no, this was a good one. So now we're telling these soul stars out there, grab your pen and your paper and get to what you really want. Because you what know, you want, really. What you want, really. Because what we've learned from this episode is that you never know like how quickly things can really turn around. Mm-hmm. So, like, Literally get to what you like. Set again what you really want. What you what do you want really? Not what you really want. I love that. Now tell our listeners where to find you, um, social media handles, all of that, as well as website, and also repeat where they can download this music at because this is good. So um, you can go to www.frankieparkermusic.com for any show dates um, because I'm back on the stage. So any show dates, any information, um, my next, my official day back, I'm actually working this weekend, but that doesn't count. Um, (laughs) My official date back would be um, November 4th at the Untitled Supper Club downtown at 111 West Kinsey. Um, I'll be there with my gentleman. And then um, I I have retained a residency now for eight years at um, the basement Chicago. Um, And we're there every fourth Saturday. Even if there's five Saturdays, we're there every fourth Saturday. Uh, 353 West Hubbard Street. And I'm there with the gentleman, my band, the gentleman. And I have a, a team of singers and rappers called the Just Us League. And um, and we get down. So we'll be there um, the Saturday after. We'll be there October 28th. And then we'll be at Untitled um, November 4th. Um, on Instagram, I am on, I am, my handle is a, uh, Sounds of Frankie P with one F. So Sounds of Frankie P, one F. Um, and then my Facebook page is Frankie Breezy Parker. Okay. And I'm going to be sure to include all of these details as well in the description for this episode. So people can definitely, if you're in Chicago, come and check you out on the scene. And all of those who are um you know, located in other areas, definitely download the music and follow you. The the single won't be out until um, October 20th, though. Okay. Um, I'm doing early rollouts because this is what labels do. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just following suit. But we will be releasing that officially um, October 20th. Um, video release will be two days later yeah. um, for the single. And uh and you'll be able to purchase it or download it on all DSPs. All in my head, I'm here. Ain't no stopping this now. <laughs> None. <laughs> nothing. On the move. I love you, it. You so positive because I'm in a hole. I'm thugging in my head with the songs that I got. I got <laughs> I got trap music in my head. You know, Push them. 
<laughs> you know my old soul. So. <laughs> I'm such an old soul when it comes to music. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and your projects and really just you know, share your testimony and what you've been through. I think we all on the outside, those who are supporting people or those who have actually battled, it looks so different every time. And I think just having these stories allows us to, I, I titled this month, All Up In Your Business Month, because we really want to get to a place where we're having these conversations and it's not so much a taboo to talk about your journey, but more so sharing it so that you're enlightening and inspiring others. So thank you so, so, so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. We will catch you soon on the next episode. We are still celebrating all in your business week. Thank you, everyone.